I watched it all. I watched it all. I started streaming in the spring. Next thing I noticed, it was fall. I watched floors turn into lava. I watched sunsets being sold. Every episode of Avatar, like I was 10 years old, but I watched it all. I still watched it all. Is it Wednesday? Is it Friday? Time means nothing to me at all. I watched La Casa de Papel. El Profesor taught me Spanish. I binged all that British baking, then baked this awful looking day. What is that? Can Hemsworth please extract me from this year? Copy. Thank God the end of 2020's here. Hello and welcome to Step and Repeat, a weekly movies and awards show podcast by your neighborhood friendly film buffs. I'm Andrew. And I'm Matt. And usually it's just the two of us, but today we are joined by a very special guest. Uh, everyone, welcome to the podcast, MK. Yay. <laughs> Hi, everyone. Um, I'm Mary Kate, or MK, for those in the know. Um, friend of Matt and Andrew, Matt and I go way, way back. I think like the most prescient part of our relationship is we were summer camp counselors. And then um, I was always Matt's date to the movies. Um, <laughs> any and all That's movie right. that <laughs> Matt was made to see through his job and um, some good, some bad. But um, I met Andrew through Matt and now I'm here watching movies in quarantine trolling on Netflix. All of it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, I miss those days of seeing movies with you. Oh. There were some really bad ones. You there were so, there were some terrible ones. Remember when we saw Hellboy? <laughs> <laughs> really? No, it was. No, I'm sorry. Uh, please don't misrepresent what happened. It was Hellboy 2. Yeah. <laughs> and I watched right. Hellboy, the original, in preparation for it like maybe literally two hours before you came to pick me up and i remember getting in the car being like what are you making me do <laughs> we drove so far to see it too oh my god i the movie was not good but i enjoyed the experience i mean it wasn't as bad as that time you um i don't even remember the movie's name i hope you do but you told me it was a movie about basketball and it was a it was a romance movie. I don't even know. I don't Lo remember. Love Let me and tell basketball. you, it, it was not Love and it was, Basketball. But it was it, not Love and Basketball. It was. She said. She said a bad movie. Yeah, yeah. And, and perhaps it's not ringing a bell because they played basketball for um, three minutes in the movie, and that was it. And it was not about basketball I, at all. I think I vaguely remember, like, I, like it's like starting to come back to me and you were like really upset about it. Um, yeah. That like reminds me of um, the movie Swim Fan. I was a swimmer growing up and I was so excited that there was like a swimming movie <laughs> and that it's like not a swimming movie <laughs> at all. Annie, I'm so happy you just said that because I watched Swim Fan last weekend. Are you serious? It's wow. on HBO. I oh was my God. so excited. <laughs> I like still kind of low-key love it though. Um uh wait, isn't wait, isn't that the movie with the the line I love it? It's like you love me, I know it. Yeah. Yes. yes. <laughs> Erica Christensen will never live that down. <laughs> uh, it's such a it's 
it's such a bad good movie yep and i remember when i was younger i would watch it every time that it came on television be like yes this is swim fan and i use it as an adjective be like oh he's swim or i guess a verb he's swim fanning her or like this is a classic swim fan and (laughs) i just i love it um the movie holds up i think Oh, I am so glad you told me it's on HBO because like that uh, just changed my like viewing schedule. (laughs) Definitely need a rewatch. Oh my God. Um, So um, one of the reasons, one of the many reasons uh, we are lucky to have MK on the podcast is for a new segment, uh, which I said that very sinister. <laughs> um, possibly um, that may be a little appropriate, actually. Exactly, uh, because it is a segment uh, that uh, we're calling "Death to the Algorithm," uh, which I don't want to like take um, too much or step on uh, like MK's toes, but this is all her idea, so. Um, uh, like not to put you on the spot <laughs> too much, but do you want to um, tell people about death to the algorithm, MK? Yeah. So especially during quarantine and coronavirus, I've been really using my Netflix account um, so much more than I had been before. I think. Well, I thought <laughs> that I had really like tuned into the algorithm and. I um, have recently just been paying attention more to the emails that Netflix sends me. So for all you Netflix subscribers out there, um, perhaps you also get emails from Netflix that'll say, um, we just loaded up like a movie for you or a movie we think you would like. And I, um, you know, have been paying attention to that because I feel like I really know Netflix now. Like it's not, I know everything that's on there and I, not everything, but I know what I like that's on there and I probably watched it. So when something new comes on, I'm really excited. And I started watching these shows or these movies that are are made for me or they think that I'll like, and they're really wrong. <laughs> I do not like these movies. <laughs> and in like the past, I've, I've only done two, but I, I want to continue watching these. I just got one. Um, and they're so bad that like, you know, and I'm typically watching them by myself that when the movie ends, I will say out loud, I hate this. <laughs> and, and I don't like think about it, but I find myself like just actively yelling, like this was horrible. Um, and I want to talk about it. Like I have a lot to say about these terrible movies. Um, yes. We'd love a good soapbox. Um, I'm low-key terrified to ask because um, I'm afraid I like one of these movies, um, <laughs> but I don't know what they are. Um, can you can you tell us what movies you're thinking of? Yeah, so Matt knows because I immediately texted him after the first one, um, but I watched Killing of a Sacred Deer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm Which sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's a weird, weird. It is a weird movie, yeah. And I like a weird movie. Like seriously, give me, give me Mulholland Drive, give me Pie. Like I, I like a. And I understand that's by the same director, but I like a good weird movie. 
Um, I did not like killing of a sacred deer. And I have a lot of questions. Like, is that little boy a witch? Like, <laughs> we do not explore how he like cast this like curse. <laughs> remember when? So, it, remember, remember when that had Oscar buzz? Yes, <laughs> I do. It has like Nicole Kidman in it and like uh, Colin Farrell. Yeah. Um. So like it has like all these like big stars, but it's like. Uh, it's like not exactly the kind of movie you, you would think of. I don't, I don't particularly love it. I do like the director, uh, mm-hmm. Lanthimos, but I don't particularly like Killing of a Sacred Deer because I think his style is like his, he has like very dry humor style and that really works in like comedies. Like he did the movie, The Favorite, which I love. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like, that's a similar thing, but that works really well because the favorite is a comedy. It's like strictly a comedy and killing of a sacred deer tries to like employ that like same dry dialogue into like a drama and it like doesn't quite work for me. <laughs> so, um, and that's why I'm like, I totally agree kind of like with you about like you're like asking all these questions. Like, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> wow, I just- and I feel like, when I first started watching it, just like the speech pattern, I was like, oh, this is, this is odd. This is dry. Um, this is going to be weird. And as it kept going and like, not only was the storyline weird, the characters were weird. The, there were so many unanswered questions. The speech pattern was weird. The cinematography was weird. But you just got to pick one, I think, and stick with it because you can't hand me like two plus cause it's over two hours two plus hours of like bizarre and not not give me some type of like period or like wrap it up or I don't know it felt a little bit like the way they were talking the way they were speaking and like their cadence felt a little film noir to me and felt um a little reminiscent of brick and I a little slower paced though and I mean I liked it in brick it worked there um it did not work here. Um, do you uh, ever, do you turn movies off like halfway through? Are you like that kind of person? you like have to see it through all the way to the end? I have to see it through all the way to the end. I've never walked out of a movie in my life. Um, I, oh, except once, <gasps> once, but I was a child and um I feel the statute of limitations has passed on this, but my parents and my godparents went to, we all went to the movies once and myself, uh, their son, and then our two younger sisters. And they went to go see Under the Tuscan Sun. And I, we had to like chaperone our younger sisters to see Brother Bear. Um, (laughs) The run times are not similar. So... (laughs) We were told to uh, go watch Brother Bear and then to sneak into Under the Tuscan Sun afterwards oh, no. to like, find our parents. Oh, and... no. <laughs> I mean, like, whatever. Like, you don't know where I live, so <laughs> come arrest me. Fine. I'll pay my movie ticket. Um, and we walked in, like, right at the sex scene. There's, like, that big sex scene in Under the Tuscan Sun. Yeah. And I walked right out. I <laughs> took my sister and we left i was like i'm not watching this with my parents yeah the only movie 
The only movie I ever, I've never walked out of a movie and I've never turned off a movie, but the only, except one when I was a child, I remember um, I was really young and my mom took me to see Honey, I Blew Up the Kids. And I was so terrified. And my mom was like, I was like crying and like making a scene. And I was like, yeah, we're not doing this. And she like took me out. <laughs> I don't know why, but like I handled like, you know, Jurassic Park and Batman just fine. Like, <laughs> I don't know why I was so terrified of Honey, I Blew Up the Kids, which, yeah. So. too close to home <laughs> yeah you, you thought you could be blown up uh, yeah exactly what about uh, wait, andy what about you have you walked out of a movie no i don't think so i mean <clears throat> definitely not to my knowledge there have been moments where i've considered it but like at this point i've like sat through so many movies and also so many bad movies that like something would have to be like truly morally repugnant for me to like walk out <laughs> so and the chances are like i'm probably not seeing that to kind of movie like to begin with i like more or less know what i'm getting myself into like when i watch a movie now so yeah um, i was i was this close to turning off richard jewel like this close but like i stuck through it and i finished it but oh like speaking of morally repugnant <laughs> uh so um what other algorithms gripes do you have yeah so i'm actually here to talk about a specific movie yeah. that i recently watched so killing of a sacred deer was bad and i was like oh it's a fluke netflix just like you know shot their shot and they missed i gave it a thumbs down next <laughs> one will be better i've never rated a movie on netflix oh you gotta <laughs> feed it you gotta feed <laughs> the algorithm so it knows well i always like know what i'm gonna watch on netflix i always like go to netflix with like a goal but like, I never like really had Netflix like like direct algorithm towards me because I don't rate anything. I just like watch stuff. But no, but I he I hear that you know, and I think that's how I treated Netflix pre coronavirus. You know, I knew what I was gonna watch because people in the office were talking about it, or it was recommended to me by a friend, and I've blown through those. Like, I'm done. I'm done watching the recommendations from friends um and even so like i had not watched Shit's creek i went back and watched that during quarantine like all the movies i had and shows i had on my list are done and so now I don't, i'm just stuck with netflix recommending me things but you have to feed the algorithm um so the That's algorithm me. now is honing in on my thriller movies and so i have seen a pattern, Netflix has identified a pattern for me and it's strong female lead, some type of murder, <laughs> mystery, um, and or a serial killer. So that's not a large section of movies. <laughs> uh, so recently they, I got an email that said, hey, Mary Kate, we, we uploaded this movie that you might like, we think you're gonna like it. It's called an imperfect murder. <laughs> that sounds like a lifetime. <laughs> Is this a Netflix original? So no, it's not a Netflix original. And <laughs> and it should be because, um, you know, to, to prepare for this podcast, I pulled it up. It's on my other screen right now. And it's, it's runtime is an hour and 11 minutes. So, <laughs> it's actually been a movie. <laughs> it's, this is an HBO show. Like, yeah. 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 
That's an it episode is, of The Undoing. Yeah. Yeah, it's an intense episode of Game of Thrones. Like I. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's rated R, but it was uh, filmed in two th- or it was released in 2017. It was not made for Netflix. I looked on IMDb, um, and it stars Sienna Miller, who I've never heard of in my life. Oh, she oh, really? dated, she dated somebody. Uh, I can't remember. Somebody famous like Jude Law, I want to say. Uh, oh. I don't know. Yeah. She's blonde, me. right? Or at least like in regular. Yeah, she's she's blonde. Um, regular face. I don't know. She has like a regular like <laughs> yeah. white girl face. Like I just yeah. not. Yeah. <laughs> um, nothing really distinct uh she was I thought she was fine like she I didn't think it was her fault that this movie was trash yeah I remember um, her in American Sniper and like she was holding like the plastic baby do you remember her oh my god oh, yeah. yes. <laughs> <laughs> one of the most embarrassing things in the history <laughs> yeah <laughs> so yeah sorry so please continue <laughs> Sienna Miller build first but then build second is Alec Baldwin Oh my God, there are like, what? I've never heard of this movie. <laughs> yeah, well, like. For good reason. <laughs> yeah, for good reason. Um, okay, so I'm gonna read you what Netflix has told me this movie is about. And also like in, during quarantine, I have decided that if I ever get um, fired from my job, that my next career move is going to be writing the like brief synopses or Netflix movies because they are way off. <laughs> well, don't let them get a hold of this podcast because they don't. You may have some implicit bias. Maybe, right? Um, so, haunted by a nightmare involving her abusive ex boyfriend, an actress begins to question her reality and whether the incident took place. Okay. We can go in a couple directions here. Like, is this a psychological thriller? Maybe. Yeah. Um, is does this have some type of like mystical component to it? Maybe. Does she have amnesia? Maybe. I'm drawn in. There's a there's a murder because it was imperfect, <laughs> and I know that's like that cannot be spoiler for anybody because it's literally in the title. Yeah. Um, like, what does that mean? You know. What does it mean? Right. And you know, somehow they duped Alec Baldwin into this, so I'm on board. <laughs> Um, the entire score is one piece, uh, and I honestly, like, I, and I did my, I really did my due diligence trying to find it and find who scored this movie, but it's, I believe, from my recollection, one Vivaldi piece, uh, from a symphony orchestra. So it's literally one, one song, one piece, um, and it's, it's so inconsequential to the movie that like nobody has talked about it all. <laughs> I can't find it. It brought Until literally then. nothing. Yeah. So it opens up basically like so Sienna Miller is basically this um rich uh actress, I believe, who's living in this like beautiful, gorgeous apartment in New York City. And she has this boyfriend who gets out of prison and or I guess his ex-boyfriend who gets out of prison and comes up to her apartment and tries to um ask her for money when she says no he starts becoming abusive 
and he has a gun. So he holds her at gunpoint and she wrestles the gun away and she shoots him and kills him. We're now within like 15 minutes at the start of the movie. And by the way, like the beginning credits are so long. Like it's just, <laughs> it's, I like went up and got water. I came back upstairs. <laughs> it was a lot. Andrew loves um, opening credits to movies. Oh, this was the worst. And also, you know, they're like five actors and actresses in this movie. So doesn't need that that long of opening credits. Yeah. So she shoves his body in a trunk, a decorative trunk that she has in her gorgeous apartment. And then the rest is just her like living her life. <laughs> like <laughs> People stop by, they leave. Hey, I do. Baldwin is nowhere to be seen. <laughs> and this is only an hour and 11 minutes, right? So we're already like 20 minutes in now? You're like 20 minutes in. Okay. So she. <laughs> and, like, and like a quarter of that is the opening credits. A quarter of that is the opening credits. And so at this point in time, like, I actually think I'm being, I'm, I have misread something or I'm mistaken. And so I, I get on my phone and I check to make sure that Alec Baldwin is actually in this movie yeah, because there was a time when, and like a small segue, there was this, there was a time where I uh, watched Dallas Buyers Club and an hour and 15 minutes, if I had to guess, into the movie, I had my fiance pause it and I said, Where's Jennifer Lawrence? <laughs> <laughs> and I had mixed up American Hustlers. That's the movie she's in. American Hustlers. <laughs> with, with Dallas Buyers Club. And he was like, how on, how did you do that? These are, what a mix up. Wow. What a mix up. And, and so, so from now on. Like Billy Baldwin. <laughs> I mean, like. We were far into Dallas Buyers Club. Like <laughs> and so now I no longer say these things out loud. I like try to do my own research first. But sure enough, you know, Alec Baldwin is billed second in this movie, and I'm waiting. So she, you know, gets she drags this suitcase or this trunk out of her like beautiful New York apartment and into her car that is like conveniently parked right in front of her New York apartment. And she like found street parking, which um, I understand willful suspension of disbelief, but, you know, you, you've no. lost me there. <laughs> <laughs> she has, like, the help of two people walking by to, like, load the trunk into her car, and then she drives w without being seen or without anybody questioning her. She drives to some type of, like, pier, a la, like, Sopranos, and she dumps this trunk into... The, this body of water and again like nobody's seen her and i mean it's, it's the middle of the day like it seems like noon like she killed him in the morning she had a pal over for coffee and then which took way too long for an hour and 11 minute movie and then she dumps his body and then she comes back home finally alec baldwin shows up and i swear to god he is in two scenes in this entire movie so he must have spent half a day on set, max. <laughs> because in this first scene, it's like 15 minutes. He's a detective who is looking into the disappearance of her recently released from prison abusive ex. 
and he asks her for her autograph and she autographs for him and at the end of their discussion she's like you didn't want my autograph did you like and he's like no you caught me you should be a detective and that's the end of that storyline it never comes back <laughs> she never she never wrote anything down it's not like she killed him and then signed his body it, you know i and i don't know what he needed her, her signature for so he leaves she has her whole family over for dinner her dad has um some type of of dementia or he has alzheimer's it, it's they never actually tell us and then he leaves his dad's friend stops by he leaves she goes to bed and then the next morning she sees she hears sirens and she looks out the window and alec baldwin is standing there with like a smirk so no speaking lines for alec baldwin in the second scene just <laughs> alec baldwin with a smirk and and I'm really like playing down this movie. Like there is some, like there are some, there's some nice cinematography in this movie. And there is this sort of like overarching aspect of she doesn't know what she's going to do next as an actress. She might write a book, she might write a screenplay. So she starts writing about this woman who murdered her abusive uh, ex-boyfriend. And as an attorney, I think this is a horrible idea for her to write about that. Um, in my legal opinion, if I were her lawyer, absolutely not. Like stop penning your confession. And very OJ. Very OJ. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. At the very least, you're setting yourself up for a civil suit. Yeah. And and yeah, and that's the end of the movie. And it was one of those movies that ended, and then there are closing credits, and I don't know how because we I thought we got them out of the way at the beginning. And <laughs> I sat there and I said I hate this. And I just said it out loud. And I just kept saying, I hate this. And I thought to myself, who could I tell that I hate this movie so much? And I immediately texted Matt and I was like, you know, what's a trash movie? An imperfect murder. Um, yeah. I mean, I guess it was imperfect. Yeah. She didn't weigh down that trunk, but. Yeah. And I invited you on the podcast. <laughs> and you invited me on the podcast. As and a healthy outlet for you. To... As, yeah, as a, as a healthy outlet. Because I can't tell you how many people I've told about this movie. Everybody that I have any type of like Zoom connection with, I'm like, let me tell you about an imperfect murder. Uh, nobody wants to hear about it. So. <laughs> well, we do. Yeah. So, so moments before coming, not moments, but I don't know, some hours before coming on this podcast, I actually got an email from Netflix that there's a new movie that. <laughs> I might enjoy. Yes. Did you downrate it? Uh, downrate of an imperfect murder. I just, I can't get worse than this. Yeah. I don't know. Well, let's, we have to check the runtime, you know? Oh. The runtime on this movie is an hour and 29 minutes. So we are oh. going up. It's called Sightless. And oh. it is yet another movie about a uh, blind violinist. Assaulted. Oh. Um, there's so many movies like that. There's so I'll read you the Netflix uh, on it. A former violinist grows suspicious of the new people in her life and their alarming behavior 
as she recovers from an assault that left her blind. I swear I've seen this movie before, <laughs> but it says it's 2020. Oh, this is a made-for-TV movie. I'm into it. Um, right. I think that could like make this better if it was like somehow like uh, pandemic or quarantine related. <laughs> oh yeah, I am really excited for the quarantine movies that come out in late 2021 and early 2022. Oh, they've already started. I've seen some shows that are quarantine related. Yeah, I don't know if I've seen a movie yet. So I have like, I have questions about. Right. Hit me. <laughs> so, um, one, <clears throat> I know Sienna to be, Miller to be um, like small in stature. So, how did she kill this man and drag this body to the trunk by herself? With great effort. So, yes, by herself, but it I was mean, laborious. I understand, like, when adrenaline kicks in. But at this point, it's been a while, and I feel like the adrenaline receptors have kind of like receded, right? So, like, where does that strength come from to lift? I'm assuming probably what, like a 200 pound, 180 pound man. In a yeah, trunk? I mean, he he seemed to be um, needing money for like Alec Baldwin alleged or, or alluded to him having some type of addiction issue. So I think he was a little smaller. Um, but then we spend a considerable amount of time of the movie having her drag this body around and then the hmm. trunk around. She does, you know, get help lifting the trunk into her hatchback. <laughs> and she like two men on the street <clears throat> help her and then she pays them. Oh, okay. um, yeah, and then she does have trouble getting the trunk. Actually, I don't know how she gets the trunk out of the car. Yeah, but that's... she, yeah, she drags it to the river mm -hmm. uh with a lot of um panting oh okay i i i'm i'm um thinking back to another a certain showtime show that followed the same pattern except he uh chopped up his victims and um spread them out throughout the ocean i'm preferring oh to dexter yeah right i um, so I just went on IMDb for this movie, and the director of this movie is an Oscar nominee. Are you serious? <laughs> in, in your defense, <clears throat> it has it a 2.8 average rating on IMDb, so, <laughs> so you are not the only one <laughs> to think this. Uh, okay, what was he nominated for? Bugsy in 1992. Are you serious? He oh did Bugsy? God. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> For writing it. Wow. Yeah. And that's like genuinely a good movie. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Shocked. Um, okay. So my other question as an attorney, um, we've already mentioned you're an attorney, right? That like we can say that. I alluded um, to it, but I am, yeah, I am a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, actually, I'm a domestic violence attorney. So like this movie is is my like wheelhouse there you go so my question is why didn't she just call the police <laughs> like if she was clearly defending herself i don't i don't i never understand that like she's just getting herself in more trouble right <laughs> 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 like okay so there are these
these overtones in the movie, right? Where they're like, nobody is going to believe a woman. Nobody is going to believe that like I was defending myself or anything like that. But, you know, and and this is not legal advice for anybody out there seeking to to murder their ex-partner. Certainly not. I am a attorney, but I'm not your attorney. And I, you know... Yes, there's like a, there is a certain truth to people in like the justice system, not necessarily believing survivors, but it seems to me like this person was recently released from prison so much so that a detective, Alec Baldwin, was like trailing him and keeping tabs on his whereabouts. She lets him into the house. He demands money. He pulls a gun out on her. They tussle with the gun and she ends up shooting him. So if I were a defense attorney, um, you know, that's, that seems relatively easier than I got scared and I put a body in a trunk and over the course of a couple days, I dragged the <laughs> trunk to the, the river and I dumped the trunk in the river and then I lied to a detective and had a bunch of people over for dinner. Um <laughs> You know, if you had to give me one case over another, I'm taking... Like, therein lies the crime, you know? I mean, defending yourself, (laughs) like, getting rid of the evidence, I don't know. uh, It always blows my mind in, like, these kind of situations. Yeah, you know, and I thought about it a lot throughout this movie. Um, And I thought, you know, maybe because she's an actress and she doesn't want the press, but, like, now she's, like, tampered with a dead body, hid evidence lied to law enforcement and like committed a whole different crime. <laughs> so yeah. like, would she, okay, if this, if she called and she did, oh, I forgot to, t- to say that. She did try to call 911 and then she was like, oh, it was like a misdial or it was like an accident and she hangs up. That's never brought up again. And if I were Alec Baldwin, the detective Baldwin, that's a hundred percent. I would have slammed down a phone record and been like, you called 911 on this day, the same day this man disappeared. Let's talk about the truth. Um, they, that didn't happen. He just got her signature and left. And I, you know, she called 911 and said, this man came into my home. I let him in. He got violent. He tried to ask me for money. He held me up for money. I'm a very rich actress please send somebody, I shot him, you need to send an ambulance. Then like, it is possible that she would have gotten arrested and charged with murder. But I think it's improbable that she would have been convicted of murder. Yeah. Yeah. Now, not to say that that doesn't happen. Like that happens every day in our justice system. Um, but we can willfully suspend our <laughs> disbelief and see, and she, you know, the movie would have been a 20 minute long movie. Yeah. And I just, I, I just, oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, well, I was just going to say, like, even still, um, it sounds like they spend more time, like, uh, with her, like, having coffee <clears throat> instead of uh, all this other stuff. Yeah, there's just these sort of, like, bizarre storylines of people who, like, pass in and out of her life um, and, like, are asking her if she's okay. Like, no, she's not okay. She, like, murdered somebody and put him in a trunk. Yeah. Um, and like, so there, it doesn't sound like there was really any kind of like conclusion, I guess. Like, it seems no. like it ended with Alec Baldwin working. 
That's literally it. It's like Alec Baldwin standing outside with his arms crossed, smirking, and her like looking out the window. Like she's gonna get arrested now. Yeah. Gonna have a hard time in court. Well, I hate to say this about the uh, screenwriter of Bugsy, but it just seems like very lazy writing. Yeah, this was a swing and a miss for him. <laughs> um, I'm interested. I mean, like, I really am. Like, there are people who spent far more time on the screen than Alec Baldwin. And I, like, get that it was a win, this movie, to sign Alec Baldwin on to play really what is 15 of, uh, on the screen. But... <clears throat> Speaking of Alec Baldwin and bad Netflix movies, you should invest an hour and a half in watching Drunk Parents. Oh, I it will. Is, that sounds it is great. One of, it, is, <laughs> it is one of the worst, if not the worst movie I have ever seen. It's with Selma Hayek, Selma Hayek and Alec Baldwin. And like, it's about like, oh, oh, I have stopped the movie. I did not finish this movie because it was so bad. So I'm going to need you to finish it for me. Oh, great. No, I will. I'm going to write it down. Um, it's like they, it's like about like these rich parents who like drop their girl off at college and like they like end up running out of money and they like start like renting out their neighbor's house like on Airbnb like which is like a mansion um, and like that's how they make money and like they're like <laughs> literally drunk the whole time so it's called like drunk that's why it's called like drunk parents so um, you should finish it for me Come back on. Let me know what you thought, because I really want to hear your opinion on this. I watched it, so you don't have to. Yeah. I uh, love it. I'll do it. Have, <laughs> have you guys noticed, this might just be my feed on Netflix, but have you noticed this like shuffle button? On mm -hmm. Oh my God. So on my Netflix now, maybe I'm like a test market. <clears throat> Netflix like will pick something for you to play if you like hit their shuffle button, like based on your likes and dislikes. Oh, perfect. I don't have to wait for the email. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there um, you go. Do really you guys want? Do you guys mind if I do a live experiment? I have my Netflix up. <laughs> and, go for it. My finger on the shuffle button, ready to play something. Okay. Um, I'm riveted. Just to see what it's going to be. Okay, play something. The following is rated TVMA for sex and nudity. Oh, oh, it's Bridgerton. Oh. oh. Okay. <laughs> They're probably like picking something like Netflix related, I'm sure. Oh, and something just popped up. They said, we picked this because you watched The Crown. So, ooh. Interesting. Can can we try one more? One more shuffle. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me go back. See, see if we'll do it again. Okay. Play something. Following is rated TVMA for suicide and language. Oh my gosh. Oh my god. This is morbid. <laughs> uh Lupin, that like French TV series. And they said uh, pick this because you watch the Queen's Gambit. Um they're picking I'm noticing they're picking Netflix stuff. So Yeah. Sensing mm. the theme here. Um, though also like one of my lines, like you know how you can like scroll through Netflix and they have like different genres or whatever, and one of them is like top picks. Yeah. So on my like top picks for Andrew, like the top five movies they picked are like 
all gay movies. So, which, like, I was like, okay, yeah, you got me there. So I have, like, a single man, Carol, Ladybird. So I'm like, okay, yep. Like, you know me too well, and I hate it. But those are all, like, good movies. I know, no, those I are know. great movies. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm not, um, I'm not upset <laughs> at what they picked for me. <laughs> All right. Well, I've really enjoyed this extended What Are You Watching? Yeah, I mean, listen, like I have nothing but time on the weekends now. So I will be watching Sight again. I mean, I'm not wrong, right? Like, there, Have you guys seen the, I don't know, any of the five or handful movies where there's a blind violinist who something was, happens. Wasn't there a movie with um Allison Williams like a couple years ago where she was like a violinist and she like murders somebody like her best friend or something like that? That was yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> talking about <laughs> I do know what you're talking about, but I get them confused because I think there's also one with Jessica Alba, who's a blind, who's a violinist, and she gets some type of like cornea surgery, and then she loses her sight, and then like paranormal things happen to her. Yes. It's called oh my C. God. Yes. Oh, I yeah. Uh, I know what you're talking about. I haven't seen either of these movies. <laughs> I mean, but it's always like it's always a string instrument. It's always like a cellist or a viol, like somebody who plays the violin, a violinist. Um, but it's never like the blind bassoon player <laughs> hears a murder or it might just be the bassoon tries to unpack it for an hour and a half. Like, I don't, I've never seen that. I love it. No, the string players get horror thriller movies and the trumpeters get Pixar. There you go. So, alrighty. Well, thank you, MK, for your riveting review of an imperfect murder. I you don't know. Well, like, really what, is, what is like the imperfect part about it, though? I guess because she got caught. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't. I, I yeah. I feel yeah, like, I, you know, I don't know. Murder fail. Like she, yeah. she it's imperfect when she gets caught. But, I, you know, I get what you're saying. Like, I don't, I don't know if I love um, that assuming that a perfect murder is like somebody murdering and then just like having their friends over to dinner and like living, carry on life without any type of like consequence. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. She just made she made a wrong a wrong turn not calling nine one one. I would yeah. be interested though if there are people who watched that movie and were like, "This is my favorite movie. It was a cinematic masterpiece." Um, I'd like to hear from that. <laughs> well, listeners, let us know if you've seen *An Imperfect Murder* and if you enjoyed it. MK wants to know. No. Uh, I too would like to know too. I the whole irony behind this segment and um, an imperfect murder is like you're kind of low key making me want to hate watch it. I was just gonna say like, is it weird <laughs> that I kind of want to watch this now? Like, <laughs> like that might be my movie of choice tonight. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not kidding. Like you've kind of sold it a little <laughs> bit for me. 
I welcome it. I need somebody to talk to about it. <laughs> all right. All part of the campaign just to get people to watch the movie. <laughs> yeah. MK does not secretly work for Netflix because that would be a terrible strategy. But... Get fired immediately. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> so. All right. Well. Um, do you want to hop into uh, a quick usual segment of like good things we're watching? Yeah, well, um, <laughs> my what are you watching this week is <laughs> very similar with MK. Like, what what am I watching? Oh, what, like, oh, what, what is the hell? <laughs> yeah, what the hell I, am I watching? <laughs> yeah, what the hell am I watching? <laughs> I guess, um, I guess I'll go first. Um, so I've got one episode left in this because like I'm not sure when I can like get the courage to finish the show. Um, so I've been watching a teacher on Hulu. Uh. <laughs> like <laughs> I see your face, MK. <laughs> I'm just like, so I've spent nine episodes and they're really short. So like, they're anytime between like 22 and like 35 minutes. So these episodes are really short and I don't know if anyone has seen the previous show. But it's literally about like a woman begging her student. Um, like he's a high school senior. Um, he just turned 18, but like she started banging him before he turned 18. So like there's also that like statutory part. Um, and it's just like I understand why people like it, but it's just really bad. <laughs> and I like I hate this show with a dying passion, and I can't stop watching. Um, so yeah, like a teacher is like, it stars, is it Kate Mara? It stars Kate, Kate Mara. Mara. Yeah, Kate Mara and um, the kid from Jurassic World. Um, Nick uh, Robinson. Nick Robinson, yeah. Um, and like, so like, I've been like a Nick Robinson fan since he's been in Kings of Summer. And I think he's like a good actor, but like in this, he just plays like, you know, a typical high school like bro, which is like fine. So he's like, not really like, I don't think he's like got really like, like his talent really isn't shining. Um, I think Kate Mara is good, um, but like Kate Mara is always good. Uh, so like she like falls in love like with her student um, and it's just like so like awkward and so bad. Um, and like, like the way they like develop their relationship is just really weird. Um, and like, I like try to put myself in this scenario and I just can't envision that whatsoever like it's even awkward for like like even like non like student teacher like relationship like like this woman is married like happily married um and like this like kid like is like really good looking and can like get all the girls he wants but like ends up like falling in love like with like like they call her like a 30 year old even though she's like 37 and he clearly looks like he's like in his mid mid to late 20s uh, <laughs> so i'm like there's that aspect too um yeah and i just like like they just start like like they look at each other in one episode and they decide they like each other and like they just start boning and then like spoiler alert like midway through she gets like semi-drunk and decides it's a good idea to tell her best friend that like she's boning her student like that's not a good idea that's not a good idea at all and like she's like like kate mara is like surprised that her friend was like yo like you shouldn't be doing that like not supportive and i'm like 
clearly you're like breaking some ethical boundaries there. Um, so like by like later on in the show, the show is very rushed. Um, it like goes right from like, like this is like a big problem I have with like shows nowadays. Um, they're very rushed and like they like sum up or like they finish the plot like within like a season, like they don't extend it out. Um, it's like goes from like him, like the first half of the season in high school and like the second half of the season when he like starts college, it like, it could be like the second season. Um, like they don't like expand it out at all. Like they could like expand like on characters and character development, but they, they just decide to throw that by the wayside, which is like, okay, that's fine. It's ethics on Hulu. Um, you do you. Um, so is it, is it based on a book? I really don't know. It's based on a movie, I think. Okay. And maybe a book. I don't, I, I, I have no idea. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I, I really don't know. Um, You're like, I don't, I don't care. <laughs> I don't really care either. I, I just, I know I've heard this in the news a few times and I'm like, every time I'm like, okay, like that's really messed up. Except like, I keep like reminding myself of the South Park episode where this happens and like the police officers are like, you know, like if gender roles were switched, um, they like make fun of like the, like, if, you know, if it was like a guy doing this to a girl, like it would have been, it would be like awful, but like, because it's like the female teacher doing this to a male student, all the like officers are like nice. And um, like, which is like really like touching upon, like, I guess, like the weirdness of this, sh this show in particular. Um, so, but like, she still gets in like a hell of a lot of trouble. She goes to jail and then she comes out of jail really quick. Like she's not even in jail for that long. Like this is like not a good thing. Um, and like, she's like, I'm, I haven't finished the season yet, but like, she like, meets up with him again after she gets out of jail. He comes over to her sister's house or her brother's house where she's staying when she gets out of jail. She like invites him over. Like, it's a good idea. And he's like, he like goes to kiss her and she's like, wait, maybe this isn't a good idea. I'm like, yeah, no duh. Like, <laughs> like, could you like move on? And like, she like tries to go out in the town and like get a job and like she gets called out and she's like wearing an ankle bracelet the whole time. Like one of these teachers like calls her out and like this like, like store where she's trying to apply and she's like you're disgusting like you're like blah 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 um and then she like runs away in her car and i'm like yeah like you've like ruined your life like it's called self-control so sorry i went on far too long about this show i really like i really i don't you know i don't i don't hate it <laughs> <laughs> that took like a full 180. <laughs> I know. Like, I, i'm like sitting here thinking like I really like. I don't know what I think about it. I don't like it, but I don't hate it. It's very. Eh. Do you guys? It's weird. It's so weird. Sorry. Uh, uh, in the '90s, I guess it was like the late '90s. There was a, a Dawson's Creek storyline where Joshua Jackson like slept with his teacher, and it was like the biggest scandal that like they could put this on TV. <laughs> Yes, yeah. <laughs> I definitely. <laughs> um, but like today, like no one like really kind of like blinks an eye. <laughs> it's not that controversial anymore. Um, not morally, but like the fact that it's on TV. Yeah. Well, and like when it happened on Dawson's Creek, it was, I mean, it was for television, right? And like tweens watched Dawson's Creek and it was, it was more, I feel like, seventh heavenly like this could happen to you like don't let it teachers are predators or maybe they're not but on a teacher it's like some pretty graphic sex scenes and yeah, it's like but... very uncomfortable because this person is is 
you know, purporting to play a high schooler. And <clears throat> I mean, I also don't like the show, but I think I keep watching it for Kate Mara. Oh, and did you not finish it yet? I'm sorry. I... No, no, I actually stopped at the episode that you were just talking about. I don't, oh. I've not gone further than that episode. You can spoil it for me. I think I understand what happens. Um, yeah. I mean, you and, can you can only imagine. Yeah. And, and like, this right. is all taking place in like the age of social media too. So it's like, he's going and like liking and commenting on her pictures and like he friends her on Instagram or like connects with her yeah. on Instagram. And she's like, you can't do that. And he's like, oh, sorry. Like, yeah, clearly you can't do that. Like, like, are you like, He's like, but I love you. I don't want to keep it like a secret anymore. I'm like, then you're a, you're stupid. Like, why are you stupid? Like, stop being stupid. Just that wait till you go to college. Public. Yeah, I know. <laughs> like, just wait till you go to college. Like, can you wait like six months and then start a relationship? Like, then it's perfectly fine. Except she's cheating on her her husband. Like, but we're not focused on that work. <laughs> He's kind of annoying too. I find that when I'm watching a show, I keep like sometimes my mind will wander because I'll have it on. It's hard to like sit down and watch the show and really zone in. So I'll have it on if I'm like doing something else, um, like making dinner, which like doesn't actually seem very appetizing, but you know, whatever. Uh, and I find myself like if my mind wanders, I find myself thinking, um, remember when Kate Mara got shoved in front of the Metro and <laughs> just died? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> And he got away with it too. And like got away with it. A perfect murder. Full circle. <laughs> there you go. Full circle. Oh man. All right. Well, I've got on long enough. That's my rant on a teacher. I will finish it and sometime this week and I will let you know my thoughts on the finale. Remind me next week. All right. Um, All right. So Andrew, what are you watching? I'll I'll keep this like related, I guess like sex related. <laughs> All right. This is this is gonna be rated explicit, even though this show isn't that explicit itself. Um I am finally catching up with season two of Sex Education. Uh do either of you watch that show? No. Oh. It is such a joy. I love this show so much. Um, it has uh, Aza Butterfield and or Asa. I think it's Asa. Like A S. Is it Asa? Asa? Yeah. Okay. I always like screw it up too because I like never known an Asa in my like. In when he was when he was in Ender's Game, I had that same like dilemma. Like when he was like big in that whole era, I was like, is Asa Asia? Or I couldn't like I couldn't figure out how to pronounce his name. Then I look up some interview with him, and they they call him Asa. So Asa, okay, Asa, Asa Butterfield. Uh, yeah, glad we glad we clarified this, so I can <laughs> do it right going forward. Uh, and um, Jillian Anderson plays his mom, and she's a sex therapist in real life. Uh, and Asa Butterfield and his like friend at school kind of start this like sex clinic for teenagers uh, at this school in England. And it's so, uh, it's so unique and um, heartwarming, but like not 
like cloying, you know? <laughs> so it like feels realistic. And so they kind of like talk about like the awkwardness sort of, 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 you know, sexuality in uh, like your teens and adolescence, but it's like really sincere too. Like they treat everyone, like they don't mock anyone like on the show for any sort of like, sexual issues that they have and so like they cover all like all ends of the spectrum of like sexuality uh so it's um it's really nice and like so there's like a large supporting cast because they take place in high school and uh i'm noticing these people pop up everywhere in like all these other all these other movies like the movie emma that came out this year like the entire cast of emma is basically in sex education <laughs> so uh and then i'm like noticing up like one of the like the parents i was like oh my god like you were in ted lasso <laughs> and so i'm just like picking up on all these like people who are like probably gonna be big then in the next like five ish years because like they're playing high school students right now <laughs> so um it's it's like really funny and uh a pleasant like a very pleasant watch uh and like coming of age movies are just like my shit. Like I watch so many coming of age things. So I feel like this like age group is just like everything that I like watch and love. So like when they do it well, it really strikes a chord with me. So um, that's my like algorithm recommendation, <laughs> sex education. Well, I'm glad one of us liked our Pick of the week. <laughs> I'm very happy for you. I am. So, have you seen it, MK? Mm -mm, no. I I'll watch it though. Like I love coming of age. Um, Pen Fifteen was. It feels <gasps> like Pen Fifteen. Yes, I adore Pen Fifteen. I love Pen Fifteen so much. Have you watched season two? I or I breezed through it. Oh my god! I love it. So, I uh, I, it's simultaneously like the funniest and the saddest show <laughs> on television i um i laugh like per per minute my laughs on pen 15 are is like no other show like i've ever seen um but like also i find myself like crying at the end of so many episodes <laughs> i was I've such heard... an awkward kid it just like really hits home I was like, yes, like I was a hop, skip and a jump. I mean, this is a spoiler, but hop, skip and a jump away from like pretending I'm a witch and like putting curses on people, right? <laughs> that could have absolutely been me as a kid if I just had somebody else that was like on board with it. <laughs> I've I've heard, I, I, I've never seen Pen15, um, but I've heard I would really like it because like it takes place, I guess, when we were in high school or like around that time. So yeah. I, yeah, I'll, I'll get around to it eventually. Yeah, it's the same idea. Like the same reason I like sex education is the same idea with like Pen15 in the sense, like, again, it's like not mocking it or it, it's like taking its like young characters seriously as like, as people. <laughs> so, um, and like most 
movies and TV shows kind of treat them as objects <laughs> more or less as props. So, uh, so I just, uh, I love it. So I guess, uh, all right, I guess you've sold me on, on sex education. I'll get started on that and then 15. Thank you for all of your recommendations. Thank you. <laughs> you were just telling us before we started recording how you were looking for something to do. So. Uh, yes, there you go. Now that my life has opened up again, I, <laughs> I need to sit in front of the TV and binge. So she thinks she's an Indian now. She's something in between. Ladies and gentlemen, these are stories of men and women very much like you, waiting for better days to come. Ah, you can't have her! And I'm taking her home! All right, um, so I guess we should uh, segue into our main story of the week, which I don't know if <laughs> will be too long on this one, but... Um, News of the World, starring Tom Hanks. <laughs> yeah. I know, you'd be like, forgiven not to yeah. know. Yeah. If you turn the show off now, like, we understand. <laughs> this is like our epilogue. Yeah. <laughs> we promise we won't spend too long. <laughs> Let Mary-Kate's eyes glaze over for a few minutes here. So. Oh, please chime in, uh, MK, and like ask us questions. Um, since uh, you haven't seen this movie, right? No, I haven't seen this movie, but I'm I'm ready to inquire. Yes, uh, uh, because it is available to rent now. It was like one of those movies that's like technically in theaters, but like after a few weeks in, in theaters, now they're pushing it on video on demand because of COVID. So you can spend $20 on it <laughs> if uh, if you so desire. Um, but it's the, it's a Western, uh, a Western film take place in the 1870s uh, in Texas. I'm pretty sure like the whole movie takes place in Texas actually. Yeah. Uh, but- Got a nice Texas theme going today. Uh, yeah, we do. <laughs> uh, and it is uh, directed by Paul Greengrass, who did a lot of the Bourne movies. Um, and he did like Captain Phillips, like with Tom Hanks too. Uh, so, uh, but the story is about a man in the seven, 1870s <laughs> who goes from town to town, like reading the news, like literally reading the newspaper. And he uh, comes across a, a young girl who's um, like abandoned, uh, who um, is was like raised by uh, like Native Americans, I think Kiowa, and um, yeah, Kiowa. she doesn't really speak any English at all, <laughs> and she barely speaks. Period. But um, so it's like basically about him trying to reconnect her with her biological family, like extended family um, throughout Texas. So uh, that's about it. <laughs> um, that's like literally the plot of the movie. <laughs> so, um, but. Uh, 
do you want to do a 10 words or fewer, Matt, of like what are? <laughs> yeah, I guess are... my 10 words or fewer is like, it's not really a review. It's like a, it's like a <laughs> short and blunt. <laughs> um, what? Go for it. Okay. Uh, so mine is like, um, what CNN strives to be. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> okay. That's it. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> uh, there's so much like news stuff. I, um, uh, we can talk about this, but I was kind of like, is news good? Is fake news bad? I like I I can't tell from watching. Yeah, really. <laughs> I wonder if you're trying to make a statement. Yeah. Uh, it is like so they like hit you over the head with <laughs> with this lesson so much. Yeah, with a newspaper. So. Yeah, really. Um, was that your Was that your ten words or fewer? Uh, no, what, you, were you going to say something, MBK? Yeah, I'm just curious, like, what feelings did you feel, if any, watching this movie? I can't tell if it's, like, sad or, like, heartwarming. My, so my 10 words or fewer, if this is, like, helpful, I said, uh, oh, my God, I had to make it 10. So I said, I said, it's not something to put on, but enjoyable if you do. Okay. I, I would not spend $20 on this movie. <laughs> uh, but if it's like something that you think you would like really enjoy, if that like plot description is like, yes, that is my kind of movie, like you will probably find it good. I, I don't think this movie is bad, like whatsoever. It's just like, there's like nothing new to say because like if it's, point is trying to make that like the news is good <laughs> and like the idea of news is worthwhile it's like yeah i know <laughs> i don't need a two-hour movie to kind of like explain that to me but like yeah <clears throat> it's like you get these vistas uh, these like sunsets of like the hills of texas which like looks nice so I hate to like break this movie up into like conservative watchers and liberal watchers, but like honestly, I feel like both parties would actually have a similar reaction, which would be rolling their eyes. Um, more conservatives be like rolling their eyes because like, oh, like why are you preaching at me? And more liberals being like, okay, like rolling their eyes because like I get it, like news is good. Um, so yeah, it's um I was like I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> I was a little bored. <laughs> I thought Tom Hanks was pretty good, um, but he's always good. The only real thing I can take away from this movie is that I absolutely loved the score. Um, and I know- I did, I did too. The, um, the composer is James Newton Howard. And I know he's been nominated for a bunch of Academy Awards. Um, Michael Clayton being one of them and The Village, your favorite and My Best Friend's Wedding. Um, so like I thought the score was phenomenal, um, and I actually went back and rewound a couple times just to like re-listen to some of the scenes because I thought I thought it was just so good. Um, 
But other than that, I thought like the plot was kind of dull and kind of dry. Um, and like, there's a scene where like, like we've already said spoilers. <laughs> there's like a scene where like, <laughs> like Tom Hanks like doesn't know what to do. Like he like takes this like girl like across the across Texas like because and like he like drops her off with her family like who like she doesn't even know and then he realizes like he made a huge mistake and like goes back to find her and she's like tied up <laughs> and, yeah, yeah. yeah. And like um yeah clearly this is not a great scenario for this girl to be in um and like it ends like on a very happy like happy note um but like I just feel so like my big issue with the movie is like it's like I felt like there were multiple stories going on and like there was like no one like driving force for me um I, there was like no like main antagonist there was like a bunch of little ones um he like goes town to town and there's different antagonists and like I just feel like the plot is kind of lost. Um, and I, I just didn't know like, like, okay, like, what are we doing here? What is the goal? Like, I know it's to get her back to her family, but like, he's told early on, like, yo, <laughs> this girl doesn't have a family. Like, <laughs> he's like, okay, but she's got to have some aunts and uncles out there, right? And like, he's also like, he's told like, yeah, but like, she doesn't know them <laughs> like she's not really family and then you come to like find out like she's like she's not even indian or american indian she's like german um and like she starts oh, speaking like that's... german halfway through the movie and i mean it, it was pretty obvious she's got like bleach blonde hair and blue eyes. <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> and i'm like because i'm sitting here thinking like yeah um because i was just confused i was like like is she like it's not really well explained like is she native american like she's a confused native american like she's confused german like where is she, like like there's a just like a mysterious her parents factor. like her parents died and she was like orphaned and then she was like raised by kiowa mm -hmm. um, so the the sort of like interesting factor um is like if uh she were um like native american um and not german like this would have been like a complete white savior movie a hundred percent yeah so, um but like she's not so it like kind of tiptoes <laughs> around that trope um so she the so tom hanks drops her off with her family and her family is like we're gonna tie her up. Yeah. Like that. <laughs> they like they like want to put her to work because they work on like a farm, but like she refuses to do work. So like, and she like keep, tries to run away. So they're like, Tom Hanks comes back for her, or Captain Kidd is what his name is. Uh, he like comes back for her, and like they like like yo, she like won't do any work, and she keeps trying to run away. And he's like, Yeah, she's a kid. <laughs> like literally, that's the line. Like she's a child. And they're like, oh, okay. And like, like the uncle, like her uncle, like has a gun ready to shoot Tom Hanks, but he just like frees her and they like go on their merry way. Did anybody, so. was anybody like, hey, like, are you willing to take this child? Like, 
Yeah, he tries to, er, early in the movie, like all this stuff that we're talking about like happened like at the end. Okay. Uh, early in the movie, he tries to like pass her off to a like Bureau of Indian Affairs like agent, but like he won't be in that town for another three months. So his, his like options are like take her with her, wait, take her with him or like wait three months for that agent to show up and he just decides to take her with her. So take yeah. her with him. Yeah. And yeah. like, I know, um, like there's like a scene, like Elizabeth Marvel's in it, who's like also a great actress. Um, and she's in like maybe 10 minutes of it. Um, and he's like, he's like, what do I do with this child? And she's like, she can like conveniently speak, I guess, German. Or whatever she's what what language is she speaking? Is she speaking the the American? I th no, yeah, I think American it was language? like the Kiowa. Yeah, so like she like can like speak Kiowa, and so she's like a translator for this child. But like she wasn't like helpful at all, <laughs> except to tell her that like you have an abusive family somewhere. So like, how do you like, know this, Matt? Honestly, when you were um, describing this. Um, News of the World is, like, basically the Mandalorian for, like, 70-year-olds. Uh, uh, <laughs> that's a great way. That's a great <laughs> 10 words or fewer. Yeah. Because, like, he, like, comes across this child, which he doesn't know what to do with and has nothing in common with, and goes from town to town, and, like... And like planet to planet on the Mandalorian, and then like hijinks ensue. And then... I think we just had a breakthrough. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, but like this, this movie is like catered to like your uncle, like who saw this movie and is like the one movie he sees like every like three years. And like corners you at the holiday party, and it's like, did you see News of the World with Tom Hanks? <laughs> and so like, yes, that and about three dozen other. <laughs> that was that was um, that was taken to my grandmother uh, every year or every every six months. She asked me if I'd seen Taken, <laughs> and I said yes. That and a hundred other movies this year. But have you seen Taken? Because yeah. like, it's it? like the one movie in theaters that she, yeah, yeah, she liked it. Um, you know, she loved it. It was like her favorite movie of all time. But I'm like, there's a lot more out there. Like, there's a lot more to see. She's like, yeah, I just don't go to the theaters a lot. And then, like, now she's unfortunately not able to see any more movies because <laughs> she's not alive. Uh, wow. This... <laughs> dark turn. I like to, to rewind for a second because you were talking about the composer, and I I really um I really appreciate a film that has fantastic music to it, and I think the music really does the music really does like make or break a film um or or a scene for me um but you suggested that the village is somebody's favorite. I love the village. Oh, okay, thank you. Right. I love the village as well. Oh my god. Oh good. Yeah. And I was like, oh, it's not me, me. No, 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 no. No. We've oh my god, we've talked about the village so many times in this show. I actually just rewatched the village a couple weeks ago and I actually ended up liking it a lot more than I used to than I saw because I've only seen it ever twice in my life. 
So well, the first time I saw it, I didn't really understand it. And like I saw it like a couple weeks ago and knowing what I know now, I enjoyed it. Yes, I, so I saw Village in theaters with my mom. Because um, we were both, my mom let me watch The Sixth Sense and she should not have let me watch The Sixth Sense. Like I did not sleep for weeks. I was a child, like I should, <laughs> it was inappropriate. Um, and she had actually, she had already watched it and had, and just decided to watch it again. It's like something she does is if she really likes a movie, um, as soon as it ends, she'll watch it again from the beginning. Oh, interesting. Yeah, it's kind of bizarre. Um, but she was watching it again from the beginning and my mom used to do this thing when we would watch movies where if there was, um, sex or violence, she would just tell me to turn around <laughs> Yeah. And that does nothing when like your ears work. And yeah. <laughs> I know, I know. Um, and also like my imagination is worse. So I feel like a lot of people came into watching the village after watching the sixth sense and were like, this is gonna be a really like cerebral and also like terrifying movie. And they got a lot they didn't get that. Um, but I think the village is so unique and, and great in its own right that I'm so happy to find somebody else who likes it. Um, I get a lot of a lot of heat for saying I like the village. <laughs> Same. No, uh, because because like those feelings kind of like linger and like no one when you have like negative feelings about something, people like don't even bother to think about <laughs> those feelings. I mean, like, probably for not good reason, but, like, it makes sense why you wouldn't think that. So it takes, like, a long time for, like, fans of something to be like, okay, no, here's why I really like it. And, like, right. here's, it's really good. And, uh, like, sometimes it takes, like, 10, 20 years <laughs> for like, a movie uh, to, like, properly age. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> so, like... A lot of people, well, and I can't say like, well, I didn't, I didn't love the village when it first came out, but now I appreciate it and I like it more. But like the village, um, people forget like after Signs came out, M Night Shyamalan's next movie was Unbreakable, not the Village, um, and I think people had also a really good reaction to that, and maybe like, um, and then and then the Village came out, and then maybe like they weren't like really expect, or they were like maybe like. I guess a little disappointed and like, because it was a completely different, like it was like a 180 from like, like his last two movies. And then like, he got back on like, um, he like, I guess got on a high with that. Um, Cause it was very split, right? Like a lot of people loved it and a lot of people didn't like it. Um, but then like, I guess he kept on like the horror train, right? With like signs um, or no, he had signs. No, he signs had signs. was after I Unbreakable. Right, yes. right. Yeah. yeah. So he'd signs then the village, right? So he was like kind of on this like, horror movie high and then like kept on going with it and then we all know what happened with the happening and then after that like oh and lady in the water lady oh, in the water yeah. yeah oh my gosh oh and and yeah. devil we entered into some like dark a dark phase where i yeah did not like it <laughs> not yeah. like anything that was coming but actually like a good plug is that servant season two is out so i don't know if you guys oh, watched yeah, servant yeah. um but that just came out on apple yeah, uh, I've never heard of it. I've heard oh. like good things. Yeah, I I enjoy it. Um, 
Is it Rupert Grint in it? Am I wrong? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's really hard for me to watch him do anything. I'm like, oh, it's Ron Weasley. <laughs> uh, MK, I don't know if you know, I've been a very like anti-Apple TV Plus because um, of its limited access to watch uh, or where to watch. Um, but now that they're expanding platforms, I am starting to come on board, but I'm still holding some resentment. So I haven't watched much Apple TV Plus yet, um, but I've heard like Dickinson is really good. Like I know people like, I know like a few of my friends love Dickinson and I know a lot of people hate it, but um, I kind of want to give it a try because I don't know, I may like it. Um, but I really like, I still want to finish like uh, uh, the new, or what's the newsroom show? Um, the morning talk the show. Morning, the morning. The morning. The morning. The morning show. Yeah, like I want to um, finish. Like I want to finish that. Like it's so good. I bawled the whole time. The music is great, but you know, I only got Apple Plus because I got a new iPhone, and there like, yeah. comes with it. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly how I know um, people like watch it. Those are the only people I know who have like Apple TV Plus. That's like. Oh, yep, I got it for a year, so you know. Yeah. <laughs> then they're going to start like these extensions because like people are going to like not pay for it. <laughs> so maybe, I don't know. If they're smart. You know, but, I mean, anyway. I haven't missed it. Like my free year ran out, and now that season two Servant is out, like maybe I'll explore it. Like if I could buy season two of Servant versus getting re upping a Apple TV Plus subscription, I would do that. Yeah. Um, Apple TV Plus and a whole host of other things. Honestly, a little bit Disney Plus too, but I have no sympathy for um, Disney. <laughs> um, but like, or not that I do for Apple, uh, but like all these like big platforms that launched like right before COVID, they were supposed to have like more TV shows in 2020 that like in theory would have like brought on new subscribers and made it like much easier for them to excel but that didn't happen <laughs> and so like they were kind of stagnant for about a year uh, and now they're kind of like trying to relaunch a little bit so uh that's i find that like business side of things like interesting i think like hollywood's the only only industry that i find business sides of things interesting <laughs> that i like legitimately follow like i don't read the wall street journal like uh, for uh for all sorts of other things for like the airline industry i don't know <laughs> but like hollywood stuff and like studio stuff i'm like oh tell me everything i <laughs> Oh, <laughs> yeah. So. yeah. Well, they like do their own thing, you know. It's like, yeah, they're kind of outliers to other big businesses. I don't know. Yeah. Oh. Um, All right. I don't really have much else to say about News of the World other than the, I really like the score. So, the only other thing that I'll point out about News of the World, this really reminded me of the movie Hostiles. Have you seen that movie? Nope. Uh, that movie is a great movie for 
like if you're ever playing the like six degrees of kevin bacon because it has like all these actors in it they're like what because like no one's seen this movie um even though it didn't come out that long ago it came out in 2017 uh so it's like christian bale rosamund pike uh timothy chalamet uh jesse plemons uh and uh character actor bill camp who when bill camp showed up in news of the world at the end of news of the world i was like of course bill camp is in this movie uh he has like he's one of those people who's in everything uh but anyway um it like it has a very similar plot of like a former a uh, soldier after the civil war transporting uh a native american and like along the way encounters super racist people and like um except like hostiles is a lot more violent <laughs> so uh i think hostiles does have more of the like white savior problem but like i kind of like hostiles <laughs> i like it's a problematic fave uh but um i think hostiles is like a little bit better and that's on netflix too so if you have um again like if that's your thing definitely check that out and rosamund pike is great because rosamund pike is a goddess and i've never seen her do anything wrong ever so <laughs> She's in that new movie about the um, who's the uh, who's the science? Madame Curie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, radioactive. radioactive. Yeah. So, I I heard about it. <laughs> <I've never seen> <laughs> it. <laughs> I think that's another Apple TV Plus movie that um, I thought I heard about it a long time ago and thought, oh, maybe she's going to get a nomination for this, and then. I heard the buzz on it and I said, oh, never mind. <laughs> she has a movie coming out in a few weeks on Netflix called I Care A Lot, where she plays a scam artist. And I can't wait <laughs> because that sounds amazing. <laughs> yeah, that sounds amazing. I'll absolutely watch that. Yeah. Yeah. So. All right. Well, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Any other? Legitimately, for like one of the first times ever, don't really have much to say about news of the world i think you'll know exactly what you're getting yourself into but yeah i mean it's fine it's a western it's good it's 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 good it's not bad um but the score is amazing (laughs) um i was like also like kind of after i finished it i kind of wanted to watch like true grit again because like that's a really good western like the remake of true grit um i've never seen the original but like that's like kind of what I want my Western, my contemporary Westerns to be. Like that, that was, that and Django, Django and Chain. Like those are like really good. So that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> you don't see many yeah. Westerns nowadays. Well, like I, I kind of like thought the same thing. I was like, oh, you don't see that many Westerns. And like, obviously compared to like the sixties, but then I was like doing the math. I was like, I think they're like just like more sparse now. So like Hostiles came out like a few years ago and like True Grit was like 10 years ago. Like that was for now, it's like pretty far back. And so it's kind of like, okay, maybe like they never really went away, but they like surely aren't as 
popular as they mm. were in like the 50s and 60s during John Wayne times. Yeah. Have you ever seen Shane? No. Like when the end where the kid yells Shane, like as he's leaving. I had to watch it in like when I was in middle school. I was like, I, I had a very similar like, it, it seemed like the end of this, well, like what you thought was the end was kind of like the end of Shane. It's like a famous scene where like the cowboy like rides off in the sunset and like the kids like yelling Shane, Shane, like, um, like doesn't look back. And like, it's kind of like the same like theme of like not looking back, but like, you know, moving forward. I don't know. Um, so anyway, yeah. If you've seen Shane, <laughs> yeah, it was very, very reminiscent of that. So I don't know what else to say. <laughs> I think I'm done with news of the world. I'm glad. I, I'm glad we're done with news of the world. <laughs> Same. I feel like bad because we did a uh, a podcast on um, Greyhound, the other Tom Hanks movie on Apple TV Plus <laughs> that uh, came out earlier this year, and we also were kind of like, I don't really know what to say about this one either. <laughs> but when you hear about these Tom Hanks movies, and you're like, like you think they're going to be so good, and then like. Closer you get to them, the more it's like, oh, okay, yeah, I guess, I guess I gotta watch this. So. That's what made uh, a beautiful day in the neighborhood so unique in the sense of it was like, oh my god, Tom Hanks isn't like phoning it in. He's like actually kind of like playing a character you haven't really seen him play before. So mm -hmm. that was like interesting. Whereas like here, he's kind of playing like a father figure, like some, the exact sort of thing you'd probably like expect Tom Hanks to play at this point in his career. So. Like well, he's back. always, he's always traveling, right? Oh like, right. Pathways, yeah. traveling. Captain yeah. Phillips, he's traveling. Forrest Gump, he runs across the nation, he's traveling. He's always going somewhere. And in a beautiful day in the neighborhood, he stayed put. I'm just saying, <laughs> I've noticed a trend. I think you're onto something. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I think he's going to something. Be, I think you found it. I think he's he's in the new Elvis biopic, right? He's like that's plays right. like the he plays like the bad guy or something. Oh, that's where he got COVID because he was yeah. filming. <laughs> he oh, was yeah. it, uh, the Elvis movie uh, when he contracted the coronavirus. Oh, there are also like scenes in this movie where he's reading the news about like people catching measles and like dying from measles and the audience is shocked. And I was like, I was like, nowadays, like people hear about like 400,000 people dead from COVID and they like- And they don't even bat an eye. Don't even react. But yeah. like in this, when 96 people got the measles, they were like, they could not believe it. Yeah. People were very, like invested in like his storytelling and like he's literally like well he like starts off like reading the news like with like a spy like a little glass but then he like kind of develops his own narrative and like tells it his way um and like people are like so invested in these stories about like you know nine people trapped in a coal mine um which are like riveting and great but like today it'd be like people would be like okay next like so Anyway, that's it. I promise. I've said like for like the I said like eighteen times. So like that's all I have to say, and then I like keep adding something else. <laughs> but I promise that's all I have to say now. MK, do you have anything to say in news of the world? <laughs> no, I don't know if I'll watch it. <laughs> I certainly won't pay twenty dollars for it. <laughs> well, we watched it, so you didn't have to. Thank you. I appreciate it. You're welcome. I don't think we'll see any much Oscar buzz for this one. Maybe the score. Now that Maybe. Definitely not the rating. So, but you know, it's a, 
anything can happen kind of year. So we'll see. Who knows? Truly. Who knows? All right. Well, um, if there's nothing else from you fine folks, I think I'll take us out. All right. Well, that's a wrap from us. Um, but of course, we'd love to hear more from you. Uh, let us know what you think of the podcast and let us know what you thought of news of the world or an imperfect murderer or a teacher or sex education season two. Um, we covered it all this week, folks. So uh, let us know. Send us an email at stepandrepeatpod at gmail.com. Um, you can always find us on Twitter too at repeatsteppod and on Facebook at facebook.com slash stepandrepeatpod. Uh, and you can find more of our reviews on the Letterboxd app. Andrew's at A-Shine, and I'm at mgrant1219. Um, MK, if you're not on, I, are you on Letterboxd? No? Yeah. Well, you should get on it and follow us. Um, and then we'll tell people to follow you. So, Sounds good. <laughs> okay. You can rate and review all of your Netflix movies on there. And I would, I live, I would live for that. It's a, Actually, it's a I think it, I think it would do well. Like the way that you're like kind of describing things, like I feel like those would be very popular reviews. On yeah, that. I've actually never heard of Letterbox, so oh, I oh, will like yeah. go check it out. Yeah. Oh, it's a great app. Oh, it's all. It's also another healthy outlet for you to um, express your grievances with the algorithm. So that's what I'm looking for. So highly suggested. It. Letterbox and Step and Repeat podcast. So um, all right. Well. Uh, as always, please take a few seconds to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. New reviews help us find new listeners. And of course, if you give us a five-star review, we'll give you a 60-second re review of any movie of your choosing, even if it's in your Netflix algorithm. So until next time, thank you for listening. And I think I speak for my two co-hosts when I say it's an honor just to be considered. <laughs>